Hello and welcome to another edition of the FDT TV podcast with myself, Ian, and I'm Mike. Uh, we are here once again, fifty fifth week now, Mike. Like old hat at this, on, old hat at this now, over a year. Yep. Um, but without further ado, we've had lots of things this week. We've had the the uh, Super League has been abolished, sort of. We've seen countless, uh, I don't know, protests at clubs, which is not good. Well, good and not good. We've seen um, Usman knock out Masvidal. We've seen, what else have we seen this week? We've seen, I don't know, lots of things. Lots of stuff has happened this week. Lots of stuff has happened Lots of over, stuff. over the last week. It's been a crazy week, as you can see. It's moved. I have moved. Yeah. See, here's the thing. Here's how you know we're, we're very professional at this now. Is You would have thought that intro, uh, I would have either thought about it beforehand or written something down. Sporting events yeah. this week. Did I? No, I didn't. I winged it. And then burped in the middle of it. So, if, I mean, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. But let's get on to the proper, the proper stuff, shall we? The proper stuff. Yes. Uh, who scored... Goal of the week. That was a good one. Who, I, I thought I it, thought, it wasn't me. There was a fly. It was. It, <laughs> it had carried on. I thought that could have gone on for longer. Um, so yes, there have been some good goals this week. Um, we haven't had a chance to put it to uh, Twitter for this week, but we will do. Going forwards again, yeah. it's been a bit of a crazy week, obviously, with a change of location, etc. Um, but from the goals that I've seen this week, I am going to give it to Chris Wood from Burnley. Um, absolutely thumped Wolves 4-0 at the weekend. Chris Wood, with his uh, first hat-trick in seven years, um, scored. And now this is the goal of the week for me. An absolute rocket of a header. I don't know what it is about headers at the moment. I'm really enjoying headers. Uh, Let like a salmon. Absolutely nailed it past Rui Patricio. Uh, for me, that is going to be the goal of the week for me this yep. season. And it, um, but usually, as we said, normally follow us on Twitter if you do. Um, it's at MichaelHawes85 and at ENFDT. There you go. Go check us out on Twitter. That's where we run our polls and talk absolute bollocks about football. Yeah. Um, I mean, Chris Wood, just to add to that, first New Zealander. Ever score a hat trick in a Premier League? And I was going to say, uh, but you, you sort of alluded to it there. Some say his mother is actually a salmon. <laughs> Haven't got confirmed reports of that, but <laughs> it's been strongly linked. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we can't get much better than that, can we? All, we all got a hat trick. Not the week before you played a, the, that team, but um, no. Doesn't do well for the confidence. But I do, I do like, I do like, um, he's one of those, Burnley is a guilty pleasure, isn't it, for people, when you, especially when you see him absolutely tonk someone. Everyone goes, oh, think, that's funny, isn't it? I'm glad it weren't us. Uh, I think you've just got an affiliation to him just because of the old claret and blue thing. You well, think. there is that, yeah. Just <laughs> do this and no one will know. I'm a Burnley fan this week. <laughs> um, not really, not really. Calm down. It's not. Don't get offended. Don't get offended. Right. Uh, I think we should we should move very swiftly on and swiftly through because it is going to be swift this week. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Red. One good, one bad. Or, as we could call it, lots of bad. Uh, I don't know. I, um, who 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 could say? Uh, yeah. You kicked off first. Did you yeah. not? Uh, so I will hand over very elegantly to yourself. Yeah, I've uh, got a slight confession to make. Um, I think it was with all the stresses and strains of the whole House Move project, um, I made a slight faux pas with um, the games that were, A, that we were predicting. So uh, <laughs> for, anyone that, for anyone that was listening to us, um, I made... A, um, a prediction about Arsenal versus Newcastle. Um, when, in fact, it was actually Everton. So sincere apologies for that. Um, that is the last and only time I will make a cock-up on um, 
Well, in fact, no, that's a lie. That's a lie. Um, I do apologise for the <laughs> cough up. Um, but even still, uh, Arsenal played Everton. We were atrocious. We had no attacking options up front. It just looked very lacklustre throughout the entire game. Uh, obviously, we've been hampered by injuries. Uh, Alex Lacazette being one of them just recently pulled up with a, a hamstring injury. Um, <clears throat> was sorely missed, but I have seen that Aubameyang is working his way back into uh, into the squad. So uh, we may see him in the upcoming Europa League game. Uh, it may be a bit too short for him, but certainly in our upcoming game against Newcastle <laughs> at the weekend, um, it should be uh, it should be better. So um, <clears throat> yeah, I can't I can't really say anything good about the display. Um, I thought the officiating was diabolical. I thought the uh, the way we played was diabolical. The uh, the only good thing I can think was that Ma when Ma Martinelli come on, he did what looked like he wanted to do something, but for me, he should have started. I think the only reason Nketiah started in this game is because he scored in the uh, the game against Fulham, uh, where we got the uh, the one all draw right at the very death. So, yeah, absolute shambles of a week. Um, not looking forward to the Europa League this week, and I've got to be honest, not looking forward to to the the actual fixture of Arsenal versus Newcastle. So, um, yeah, that's that's it for me this week. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I will bring up a few things that I noted down. Um, some good, some not so good. Uh, obviously, we all know uh, Sheffield United are have have really proven this this season. That a goalkeeper is a good goalkeeper is a difference between finishing well in the top half and challenging for Europe and being relegated. Uh, Burnt Leno with uh, a bit of a or another sort of disaster game, scoring an own goal. Um, yep. We've spoken a number of times about the fact that you let Martinez go, mm -hmm. who has the second most clean sheets uh, before this weekend, uh, second most clean sheets in the Premier League. Uh, and the highest save percentage in the Premier League. Do you now think someone at Arsenal should be going, why did we let him go? We, we, we've let the, this guy go, arguably to, on paper, a lesser squad. And he's got more clean sheets and he's making more saves and facing more shots. So what, what we've made a blunder here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I completely agree with that. It's 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 difficult because I know I think Bern Leno's in his second or third season uh with us. A second season, second full season. Mm -hmm. Uh I know obviously we had Peter Cech up until fairly recently and Bern Leno was then made number one. Um and we did see Emmy Martinez pull out an outstanding run of run of games over uh the the back end of last year to get us to the FA Cup victory obviously uh due to the injury of Bernd Leno. Yep. Um <clears throat> Leno has I'd say on the most part has been a good keeper. Uh but there have been some absolute shocking moments. Obviously the red card he got only one in the season. Uh he's had I'd say a good few now flappy handsky type um issues and it's but to be honest i think that kind of sums up our season to be honest i wouldn't necessarily put the blame down to him i mean we were well within the game and it was just a stupid moment i suppose it, it could happen to anyone i i know if you look at someone like uh, your allisons or your edisons or um that that sort of caliber that you you would like to think they wouldn't make that sort of error however we have seen a number of errors personally i i would i i think i said it at the start of the season that martinez would have been my choice uh to keep mm -hmm. i think if if we could go back in time i would definitely say that he he deserved a run in the team being um being the number one he waited in the wings for long enough. He showed us at the back end of last year just how good he was. Yep. And I think it was quite unfortunate. Um, just to say that the whole season or that our, our season is down to, to Leno, I think it's a little bit harsh. But he's definitely contributed to the demise of us this season at some points. 
Okay, and, and that leads me nicely on to my second question. Is that his last game of the season? We've got five games left. Do you give Matt Ryan a run out in the team to see if he can do any better? I, I personally, I would say yes, just because we have got um, nothing, we've got nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd be very surprised if he is thrown in on the Europa League games. Obviously, we've still, we've got two vital fixtures coming up in the Europa League. I'd be very surprised if he comes in and that. But for the Premier League, I'd say we've got nothing left to lose on that. I'd give him the chance, give him the run out just to see if he can contest for the number one position. Um, let's be, let's be honest, he can't do any worse. I think they're very much in um, reliant on who's in front of them as well. And we've yep. seen some injuries to to key players at Arsenal as well. Yeah, David Luiz is. Um, Gabriel has had a bit of a torrid time recently. I think Pablo Mari has been the best centre-back when he is in the team, personally. Um, we've got the makeshift left-back with Granit Xhaka at the moment. I thought he was a little bit ropey. Uh, and I think that that's me being overly critical because I think just recently he's been absolutely phenomenal uh, in all aspects of the pitch. Yeah. But certainly from um, we just didn't see him up for it. At the weekend at all fair enough and um, we've seen um obviously uh, we mentioned this a few times about the young players coming through arsenal you like to your sackers your mill smith roads and your martinelli's um all playing really really well uh, and being a bit more exciting going forward than some of the the mainstay names and the marquee names in the, in the squad um mm-hmm. we've also seen the likes of maitland niles and joe willock go out on loan maitland niles has done reasonably well at west brom um, I feel, and Joe Willock is going through some scintillating form at the minute, um, coming on as a super sub and getting match winners and draws and God knows what else against some some real high calibre of opposition. Do you think that again possible mistake? I mean, we may we may not have seen the same upturn in form uh, that they both had because obviously a change of environment. They're trying to impress. To get back in the squad at Arsenal, but do you mm-hmm. feel they could have made some sort of difference if they'd stayed at the no. club? No, Fair enough. no. Um, I've, I've, I know we have, we briefly spoke about this the other day, mm-hmm. and I don't think um, I think Joe Willock got a fair crack of the whip. Uh, certainly in the Europa League, he was okay in the Europa League. I scored a couple of goals in that, but when he did feature in the Premier League, I didn't. I I don't really rate him to be fair. Um, but it may be, and this is just my personal opinion, he may be sitting in a team that now suits him. Yep. Whereas for for us, I'd say with a couple of the options that we've got in midfield haven't done as well as I thought they would do this season. Uh, Thomas Partey is obviously his first season in the Premier League, so he's got the, the, the season to adapt, I think is the best way to put it. He's obviously been hampered by injuries. Mm-hmm. Danny Sabayas just recently for me i think we've started to see the best of him again um but it's it's come too late in the season for me um <clears throat> martin erdegaard i'll be i know this is one that we've spoken about on previous shows yeah for me i think it would be a brilliant signing if we can get him however i think just with the performance of the team i don't think that we will get him because uh, there's very unless we win the Europa League, which I say was is very unlikely. Um, we will not be playing in Europe next year, so it's just whether he's happy to. Obviously, if we can go out and uh, strike an offer with Real Madrid in order to sign him, whether he would come to us with the fact that we've got no Europa League football. But again, that may put us in good stead because there's less games that we have to worry about, and we can focus more on the Premier League next yep. season. Yeah. Um, but no, I think the um, Martinelli for me should have started at the weekend. I don't know why he didn't, mm-hmm. um, and I would have played him up top. He's he's got a massive appetite for scoring goals. We saw it, and um, in the early game, obviously he come on and, and eventually got his goal. But I, don't, I I can't see the logic with with him. Inketi has not played the majority of the season whenever he has played. Granted, he got the, the last-minute equaliser against Fulham, but um, we haven't really seen anything from him this year. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, d- I, don't, I don't get it. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. So, as you say, Newcastle do play a slightly different style. They are they are a lot more direct, and that allows him to, to make some, say, forward runs rather than that slow build-up sort of 
ticky-tacker football that we've seen mm-hmm. Arsenal trying to uh, to play. Right, West Ham, Chelsea. Now, what I would say is, is this result, it, it was an odd one for us because usually when we play this, it is um, a big six-pointer for us. Well, I say a big six-pointer for us. It's a big game for us because usually it's one of those if we win it, we can get out the relegation fight. This year, it was a big six-pointer at the top of the table for fourth. Now, Chelsea have got a lot of hard games coming up and a harder running, you would say. Um, they've got to play yourselves. They've got to play Man City. Um, they, they've got two games against Real Madrid to play. So, so it's not all over, but they did come out on top. Um, so it was only a 1-0 win, and they, they should have had more, but I think we did play quite well. Um, considering the the spine of our team wasn't playing, I think if we'd had Antonio Rice and Cresswell, or and even Dawson, able to play, I think it would have it would have gone a different way. I think we would have really really challenged them and, and probably gone on and scored a few goals. But they weren't playing. They did. Timo Werner of all people scored a goal. Simple football, as I've said before. You play simple football against West Ham, you're going to get goals. That's what they did. A straight pass up the line. Straight passing the box, all on the floor, and it's a tap-in. He then missed an open goal all of two minutes later, so we all had a good laugh at that. But my one bad... So obviously my good was we were competitive. That, that was the good if you didn't quite get that. One bad is once again we see officials ruining the game. Not only uh, did VAR look at it and refer it back to the on-field referee, which I think is a correct call to do, he has got no idea how to referee a game. He in plain sight, he see Balwainer and and Chilwell come together. Nothing in it. Balwainer clears the ball. Chilwell curls his run to get back, as all good fullbacks do. And because of that, where he's followed through to kick the ball, legs have collided, and he's 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 sort of trodden him. Chilwell's gone down. Referee's got a clear line of view for that. Didn't blow it up initially. Then stopped the game. Because Chilwell was down screaming. If Balwainer plants his foot, he's going to tear some tendons in his knee because he's travelling at speed. If he doesn't, if or if Chilwell carries on his run in a straight line rather than trying to curl back to chase the ball back into his own half, there's no collision. Yet they sent mm-hmm. him off. He sent him off. Looked at it, sent him off. All of two minutes later, um, one of our, our, our Czech warriors. Did put one on to uh, Antonio Rudiger, scraped it right down his leg, and there was a it was a little bit more intent in that. I think Rudiger had given him a little shove going into the challenge and coming out of the challenge, he left his foot on him. However, this was not even blown up as a foul. VAR did not look at it, even though Rudiger went down. So for me, it's a complete failure not only of VAR for not sending two foul off as well, but it's a complete failing from the ref because he had. Clear view of both, blew neither up, and only when VAR said, you have a look at it, you're the on-field official. I, I get what they're saying is, is potentially endangering a player, but at that point, you can't kick a ball if there's anyone within six foot of you, in case it goes, the ball goes near him. You boot a ball and it hits someone in the face, is that endangering a player? Because that's quite dangerous. Ball travelling at, what, 50, 60 mile an hour? <laughs> what do you do? Um, but yeah, for me... It ruined the last 10 minutes of the game. I think if we had 11 men on, we, we, we did start to challenge them a bit more and put some big balls into the box, which opened us up at the back and they missed the last late minute chance, last minute chance. But with 11 men on, I think we would have had more men in the box so we could have potentially grabbed something, but it would have left even more gaps so they could potentially could have scored as well. So that last 10 minutes of real entertainment of, of West Ham really gunning for it, was was lost and ruined by the officials so unfortunately football fans ruined but i've heard we're appealing the red card rightly so but there's yep. been no- nothing from the premier league um or the officials that i've seen about mistakes being made or um things like that uh, or, or the fact that it was a wrong call i've not seen anything in support of it either Usually they come out with some nonsense as to why it was a correct call, but we've seen lots of former uh, players, former professionals, all say it's ridiculous, it's rubbish, it's not getting it right, it's getting it wrong inconsistently, 
or it's getting it wrong consistently and it's being applied inconsistently so it is time now to get rid of it because it, yep. it's not helping the officials um I, I understand obviously um some of the things are there to uh try and help officials and we should give them as much assistance as we can but this this is it's, it's getting silly isn't it it's getting silly mm. i mean every week there's something we'll move on to the var section in a bit because at the start of the week where spurs played and chelsea played um well sorry spurs spurs played and man city played i watched both of those games and there were some good var decisions in it but since then there's some really bad decisions in it um so while we get on to that can we have the very first var intro of the new of the new office your discretion is advised. <laughs> very good, very good. Right, we'll get on to the Spurs one quick. Son had a, a goal ruled out correctly, uh, which was good. They had a penalty given. Someone had a penalty given. I've just written rough notes, which was a, and that was good VAR decisions like that. John Stones uh, was a red instead of a yellow, so it was initially. A yellow card um that got overturned to a red which i think was a correct decision um and the, all the decisions were passed back to the referee to look at the monitor to make the on-field call which i think is how it should work so at that point i was like actually we could be in for a good week here and then we get to callum wilson against liverpool his arm is in a natural position it bumps up off the goalkeeper and hits him right here while he's like this against his body if it was up here handball if it's here and he's jumping over the goalkeeper it's not handball is it so <clears throat> liverpool were well newcastle scored a last minute goal which which did give them a result jürgen klopp said it, that's fair because he didn't feel that was handball um but again it's a decision going for a big club that is clearly incorrect um mm -hmm. Arsenal uh, had a penalty. I looked at it. Uh, the, the challenge on Sabayos. There was minimal contact, but it is a penalty. He was kicked in the shin, um, so it was a penalty. It was then given as offside for a play earlier in the game from the player's arm here, which is what they're saying. is from the sleeve it's up. It is not offside. From the sleeve down, it is. But it was on the sleeve. It, he was in line. There was no clear space between them. There was no advantage to be had from that position. It should have been a penalty. And then we had Balwainer, obviously. And I was like, this is stupid. We've had a couple of good decisions, a couple of bad decisions. And then we see the Carabao Cup final. I don't know if there was VAR in that, but it didn't seem to be used. Because Laporte scored the winner. But should he have had two yellow cards? Most probably. And it's just... I just feel it should go all way in yes. the politest way possible. Yeah, they have, uh, as you mentioned earlier, there have been some calls from uh, from ex-players and stuff saying that it's, it, to, to quote uh, a famous or a now famous person, it's time to go. It's time so, to go! Yeah. May he rest in peace. Yep. Um, yeah, I've, it's, it's, it's stupid. I mean, you did say... I think at the start of this season that this was going to be kind of like the make or break and by next year or next season, we should see the best of VAR. It's still going through kind of, I suppose, a, a testing phase. But for me, it's it's not working at all. Um, I may be saying that from a bitter Arsenal fan over the weekend that have had decisions go against us through VAR, but we've had too many this season for it to be uh, any sort of coincidence to say... And, and I swear to God, I'm not exaggerating. When we were looking at the lines um, that that they were drawing, I don't understand how the, uh, 
I can't remember who it was that was commentating on the game, but they said, oh, um, oh yeah, it's like the the magic scoring elbow or, or something like that. They made some sort of comment about how stupid that the uh, the decision was. And I remember back in the day where the, the advantage went to the attacker. Yep. There's no advantages now at all. No, I, I understand if, if someone is offside, they're offside. That is a black and white rule. If they're, if they're past the last line of the defender, that's fine. I can go with that. But where we're going down to, oh, actually, this pixel's slightly in front of that one, but we can't line it up properly because the, our technology doesn't allow us to do that. It's not offside. Hmm. Like if if there's a clear advantage, then... Well, there was, there, there was a, the suggestion that why don't they just go off of feet? At least then you can see. Because I, whilst I know you can score with other parts such as your shoulder, your head, your chest, or anything like that. I think just to make things very clear, if your feet are behind, or at level or behind the defender's um, defender's feet, then that can be offside. For me, That I think that, would, that should be the benchmark next year. However, we have seen a problem with that, haven't we? Because last week, week before, we saw the fact that oh, they the couldn't line problem. it up because they, yeah. there was a player... So it, there would be then some clarification what we're taking, but then do you take the, the bit where you've got a toe offside and it's that very fine margin? How, where do you draw the line? The, the, the thing that gets me is they will, they, they've refused and continue to refuse to let people hear what's being said in VAR and what the referees are saying. Yep. And that's for me, is the biggest thing. If you do that, we may not always agree with the decision, but at least you can understand what decision has been made and why it has been made. Because I'm sure yep. there was some feedback, especially with the Balwainer one, where he's gone, he's left one on him. I don't think there was intent. However, by the law of the, the, law of the land, is he's potentially endangered an opponent. So take a look at it and draw your decision from what's happening on the pitch. If it was a, if it was a real scrappy game, you would go, yeah, okay. There's been something in it. Send him off. The fact that it wasn't a scrappy game for, for a West Ham Chelsea game. It was quite a good game. There was one yellow mm -hmm. card in the whole game before that. How's he sent him off? And then he's got what I think he's done, and uh, I conferred with my old man who is a Chelsea fan at this, because he said, no, I don't think that was a foul. I, I can't. He said, if it was the other way around and we'd got sent off, he said, I'd be fuming. But he said, there. Uh, Afterwards, the, the referee went and booked about four or five different players. And I think that's to make it look in his post-match report that actually it was a real scrappy game towards the end. It wasn't. that There wasn't there weren't fouls that he was giving people yellow cards for. And you know, like, both Chelsea players, he, he gave more cards to Chelsea players for things that weren't fouls. And it, it just mm. ruins the game. But yep. we're testing. You mentioned the word testing there. And yes, I do agree we're still in a testing phase. We're testing it at the highest level of football, the most entertaining league in the world, and we can't get it right. Surely, that if then if if you if you're not getting it right after because we've had it what for two years now, if you're not right after two years, it ain't ever going to be right because you're not trying to fix it. But I do think um, there is an agenda. You, you've mentioned it a few times, uh, and, and and this this is where I had a, a quite in depth discussion with my old. And I said to him, I said, right, the Super League tried to break away. Okay, Tottenham and Arsenal seem like a little bit of a joke to go in it at, at this current time. But when you look at the decisions that have been made at the weekend, that have gone for Liverpool, that went for Chelsea, um, who's more marketable? West Ham or Chelsea in terms of a global market? Well, it's Chelsea. It, it, it's, it's always going to be 100% of the time. And, and mm -hmm. as a West Ham fan, there's no denying that. They are a more marketable club. Who's more marketable? Arsenal or Leicester? Okay, Leicester, their profile has risen. But globally, Arsenal is a much more marketable brand than Leicester is. Same as Liverpool. So the fact to go, actually, we've got one Manchester City club who play really well, potentially the best in the world at the minute. We've got a fluky Manchester United who blow hot and cold. And not half what they used to be, uh, and they managed to scrape scrape through into the the uh, the top four. We've got Leicester, 
who a few okay yes they've won a Premier League but a few years ago were relegation fodder and a yo-yo club mm -hmm. and West Ham who actually what the hell is going on so our big marketable marketable clubs are not even getting in Europe and I do feel there is potentially an agenda by the Premier League to get more money from TV rights, from advertisers, from sponsors, to get some of the bigger clubs or bigger clubs, perceived bigger clubs, into higher position. Hasn't gone always. Obviously, there's been a few, a fair few bad Arsenal results. But are you viewed as a bigger club now in the grand scheme of things? Or are you a fallen giant? I mean, that's... For me personally, I I said this in the in the the podcast last week. I was actually really surprised we were considered one of the the top clubs based based on recent form. I can understand from a uh, historic point of view in terms of the Premier League because of um, the the invincible season. Um, mm -hmm. uh, it was kind of like us or Manchester United that were really the they used to kind of battle it out, do you know yeah. what I mean? So oh, yeah. I, can, I can understand from from that perspective, but just based on recent form, I can't understand why we would be considered one of these these big these big top six, um, especially over the last couple of seasons that uh, the Spurs have finished above us. You know, uh, and I think I, d I don't mean that as disrespectfully as I'm saying, but for forever. Spurs have always been, to coin a phrase, in our shadow. But when you start getting overtaken by your rivals or your bitter rivals over the last few seasons and you're finishing sixth, seventh, eighth, scraping through into the Europa League this year just because you've won an FA Cup, yep. um, it's you do have to question whether you are a big club anymore. Um, and... For, for anyone that's listening to to this that starts thinking that I don't I'm not a real supporter of Arsenal I've supported these for a long long time they I am very passionate about this club I have had countless arguments with my wife when I start getting shitty when Arsenal lose and then I turn into the massive grumpy arsehole um which doesn't go down with it, uh, and it is is it's a club I'm very passionate. And if if you were to ask me in the grand scheme of things, do I think we are a top club? Yes, I do, based on our history. But for from what we've 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 actually said this a, a few times that you're only as big as your last result mm -hmm. um, in recent terms because we've seen managers um, that the sack race for. And certainly in recent years, that you have a run of bad games and and you're out the window. Um, so for for me, certainly over the last last few years, by no means are we a big club. Um, in the grand scheme of things, yes, we are. But for for us to even be considered in that top six European Super League, I think is a bit of a joke for us. I think what they do is that they <clears> take <throat> the 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 big six off of monetary value now. I don't think it's gone on to performance. And when you listen to ex-professionals, current professionals and managers, as well as pundits, every, every single one of them says they should be there on merit. That's what they want it to be achieved on. And that's what it should be judged on. It's on merit. Because if you, for example, West Ham, a lot of West Ham fans were saying, well, if we can nick a result against Chelsea, we're actually... We were we were fifth. We're still fifth, and it's not like we're two games into the season. We've got five games left this season. We are there on merit and hard work alone. You know, mm -hmm. and I don't think anyone can take that away. But Super League has now been seemingly disbanded. There's a lot of talks about what should happen with punishments, and fourteen other clubs want some form of punishment. Don't want the executives holding posts within the Premier League, and da 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 da, and lots of legal jargon um there's been obviously no one wants it to happen um for financial penalties for these clubs because that affects players and fans and i don't want ideally don't want points deductions because that affects players and fans 
Um, and I've had a number of discussions with people over, over the weekend, and I said we should all be done with it. Slap £10 million fine, although in the grand scheme of things, not a lot. £10 million fine, 25 points. And some people have agreed and gone, well, that was it. Settle it. It's done then. However, we've seen these fan protests. We've seen them at Liverpool. We've seen them at Arsenal. We've seen them at Manchester United. For, we saw some at Tottenham, not loads, but some. But for example, Liverpool, Arsenal, Tottenham. You take 25 points off of all of them. Two of them are dragged into a relegation fight. One of them's in the relegation zone. If it were to happen, Arsenal were to get relegated, I can tell you, some of the players may go, but there will still be players that want to play for Arsenal. The fans will not go anywhere. The one person that will go somewhere is Cronky. Because actually, how does he market that? And how does he get any money from the club playing in the championship because mm -hmm. it's, it's a number of a number of owners have said when they get relegated they do not make money they have to put money in otherwise it goes into liquidation he would very quickly sell which would make arsenal hands happy because so it is a bit of a villain for the club um but also it affects it affects him doesn't it that's that's the end of it if if and, and this is the bit that I, I can't get my head around. People saying well, it affects fans. If something was to happen and he was to go, I'm not putting any more money in, let the tax man take it apart. Right? And Arsenal was to go into liquidation and end up saying, okay, you're going to be there as part of a club, but you're going to be in the non-league now and you've got to sell you the stadium. I guarantee you there would still be thousands and thousands of Arsenal fans every week trying to get into the stadium to watch Arsenal Football Club. It doesn't matter what level they're at, they would still support Arsenal. And and this is what I'm, there's a number of fans saying, well, no, I wouldn't. Not just Arsenal, but for a number of clubs, I wouldn't. I wouldn't support them. Well, you're not really a fan then, are you? You're, you're following the success or you're following certain players, but you're not a fan of that club. If West Ham, and I said it for myself, if West Ham were to get relegated to League Two, would I still follow them? Yes. Would I still passionate about it? Yes. The only difference is we'd be playing Colchester, not Man City. You know, that, that's the only difference in it. And I don't think you can affect, you can annoy them. 25 points this season, you would annoy fans, or some fans. But if it meant owners selling up, surely that would benefit fans and make fans happy because that's what they want. That's what they've been protesting about. For me, this is this has been a bit of a weird one because just after this um, this whole thing was announced, uh, the back end of last week, uh, sorry, no, it's been going on over a week now, hasn't it? Um, so uh, we, what was my point? Yeah, so when this when this first broke, it, it seemed very seemingly like everyone at the club seemed to know what was going on. So they'd gone out with the decision, yes, we're doing this. We're going in this full throttle. Here we go. But just from looking at the the, the interviews that you've seen from likes of Pep Guardiola, Jurgen Klopp, Mikel Arteta, they've all come out and said, well, no, this is this has come from above us. Don't be annoyed with us or the yep. players. This is not this is not our choice. Um and you do then have to start questioning the um the what's the word the the ethics behind or the ethics sorry the ethics behind the owners of the football clubs yep um and for me i think it's very harsh but whilst whilst i understand what you're saying i think the punishments should be made against the owners of a club so possibly hitting their company with the fine as opposed to the the in into the club yeah because uh, again it's from what from what you said at the start of that that little uh, section was that um you have the fans then affected you also have the players affected obviously players are then driven by um i, I would assume some sort of performance bonus 
at the end of the season, depending on where they finish, depending on what trophies they finish with. So you're then going to have a, a knock-on effect with that. But so that's that's unfair on the players. It's unfair on the fans, obviously, because um, you won't then have the depending on where you finish. Obviously, you, as you just mentioned, you have the possibility of a relegation fight as well. Yep. And for, for the way that the clubs have been this uh, certainly over the last two years with uh, the coronavirus, etc., you're then starting to have a knock-on effect with how much money is getting put back into the club, which could financially ruin the club. I'm not yep. saying it would financially ruin Arsenal Football Club. Um, but there is a possibility that that could happen yep. if it was any other club. Do you know what I mean? Um, so for me, I think you need to go um, higher up to say this this punishment needs to be made against the businesses that own the football clubs. Sure. Just from the perception oh, yeah. that we've been given yeah. is that it's it's their decision, not, not from management level down. Yeah, I no, I, I do agree with you. I do agree with you. My 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 only view of that would be but they'll say, well, the company that owns Arsenal is Arsenal. I just chair mm. it. I sit at the chair of Arsenal, so that's us. Or I sit at the chair of Man City. The 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 the, the clubs that, that seemingly um didn't really want anything to do with it, were the first to back out were those who are not really concerned about money. They're not American owned. Uh Manchester City, he doesn't give a Toss about money. He wasn't interested with money. His statement was, "We'd get left behind if we didn't do it as well." And these are going on to do this thing, get all this money. We're going to get left behind. And and Chelsea again, Abramovich, mm-hmm. he's not he's not worried about money, is he? When he, yeah. when you look at what he's done there and, and what he does with his other stuff, he's he's really not worried about the money monetary aspect of it. Um, but we've seen. Obviously, the punishment is is something that I think needs to be done, and I think it will rumble on for a long time. We've seen the owner of Spotify, or the CEO of Spotify, um, saying he's interested in buying Arsenal. I grew up watching Arsenal. I love the club, and actually, I'd love to buy it and, and run it as a fan and for the fans. Um, we've seen the FSG Group, who own Liverpool, allegedly turned down a turned down a three billion dollar takeover bid. Um, and we've also seen Conor McGregor say, I'm going to buy Manchester United. But I don't think that's going to happen. I really don't. If um, there was to be a bid tabled for Arsenal, um, obviously Spotify has its own, um, and the way it was founded and, and run to start off with, has its own problems uh, and its own ethics compared to, obviously, music rights and payments and things like that. Is that someone you'd like to see own the club as he is a fan and has supported the club for many years? This is a, a difficult one because I understand that there's some sort of consortium with him um, and there has also been rumours of, uh, I, I think it was Thierry Henry, uh, Dennis Bergkamp and... Patrick Vieira. Mark, oh, was it Vieira? Vieira, yeah. Um, all talking about coming in into some part of consortium with him. Um, <clears throat> for for me, I mean, we've we've been told from the from uh, from from the Cronkies that they've said that we apologise for the error that we made. We we made the decision because again we didn't want to get left behind, so we were acting in kind of like the best interest of the club. We did realise. It would be that upsetting for fans, blah, 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 blah. And they have assured us that there will be some investment into the club over this this year. Because that's one thing. Whilst we have gone big in some transfers, i.e. the signing of Aubameyang, the signing of Thomas Partey, the signing of Lacazette. I think you, if you look here, I think we had Lacazette and Aubameyang fairly close to each other being signed to the club. And one was a record signing, then the other was a record signing, and then Thomas Partey came on board, and he's a record signing. So <clears throat> you can't say that they haven't invested into the club, and they've probably taken financial hits from the players whose contracts have been terminated. Obviously, we we don't know the the terms of the, of those contracts, but if if they're serious about staying the owners of Arsenal Football Club, then they need to invest. A, big into us to be to have any sort of um 
recompense with with the fans there needs to be possibly a 200 300 million investment into the club this summer would that, otherwise i would say fuck them off would that would that be enough to say actually they were prepared to sell out to do this other thing in their own interests for their own pockets but actually spend three million quid and i oh, will forgive you or is it a case of we still want you out you can you can spend all you like but at the end of the day you're not really doing what's in the best interests of our football club Mm. And it is, it, is, it is a difficult one because actually mm. 300 million pound investment that can transform a club. It really can. Mm. Um, but at the end of the day, you've then still got the same people running it. And, and will they will they go out to try and do the, what's Shut best for them? Again. Yeah. Um, what, yeah. What I am surprised at is that West Ham <clears throat> haven't come out with a statement to say, look, we're not as bad as you thought we were. Because that's usually the stupid thing they would do, which would really rile up our fans again. Um, it is an interesting turn of events. I do think the Super League, I do think there is something there, though. I don't think it's dead. I think the way they did it was wrong. Um, yeah. Now, personally, myself, if, if it was me, I would have come out and said, we're not happy with UEFA. We think it is a corrupt organisation who keep more money than, than what they, they give to us, and we're the people who make the money. Um, so what we want to do is we want to have these 12 clubs as founding members who will get a payout every year, regardless of whether they're in the competition. And I think that's where they should have gone. Rather than if we're re they can't be relegated, it should have been they will get a payment regardless whether they're in the competition because they've stumped up the money to, to make it happen. Yep. Um, I do think it should should have been done on merit. So it's, it's a rival to the Champions League rather than to replace everything. Um, and I think that's where they went wrong. And I do think, okay, yes, there is some merit in possibly traveling around but not not as to the extent that they wanted to i think possibly you could take some of those founding clubs and say every year we're going to run a pre-season tournament um with its own cup and it's only those 12 clubs invited and we're going to tour that round that would make sense to me that yep. would that would encourage a lot of money to come into the clubs um it's just the way they did it of of we can't get relegated and we're gonna let people in so for example they were gonna let f two other teams in the first year then five teams and then two teams and that would be it so it was an invite only but those teams could get relegated from it so for example let's say this year they they were to invite leicester and seville i don't know and they would come first and second but then because they're not the founding members, the two people who finish first and second in any competition automatically get relegated. It just it just becomes a bit of a mockery. It really does. Mm. But I don't think it's gone. I do I think they will repackage it and they will, will, will relaunch it. Um yep. and UEFA and FIFA and the FA can't say they're not corrupt because they have been proved to be over the years. Um, yeah. I did think the Premier League would, would change their stance when they turned around and said, we'll give you a bit of a golden handshake as well for letting us do it. And I think still think that will happen. Um, I think when it was it was slightly before my time, the first Premier League season was the year of my birth. Well, there you go. That's aged to me. Um, but when, when the Premier League was formed, that was a bit of a golden handshake to get things going, wasn't it? As to, oh, actually, we're going we're gonna to do this and we're going to make loads of money and, and do it like that. It is all about money. It is a business. Mm -hmm. It is a funny business because you, at five years old, you're you, that's when you first start investing in this business, and then you leave when you die. That's the only business in the world. The only type of business is football or say sports, where that is the case. It's not the case if you go, oh, I don't like Starbucks. I'm going to Costa. Oh, I don't like Costa. I'm going to Pretamanja. You know. It's not like that. It's it, you're in and you're in you're in full hog, and, and that's what I think some of these owners really don't understand. Yeah, um, well said. I love that. I don't. That great. I don't know whether that's an, uh, an American thing though, because a lot of these owners are American. Hmm. Possibly. American. Uh, and and so they do franchise stuff, and they move cities and stuff. When they go, oh, we've drained all the money out of this city. Let's move city. We see that in the NFL. We see it in the hockey. We see it in the basketball. 
it just it's a weird process um mm-hmm. but on a positive note i've just I've, i collected some of it here but i've just wiped it off um tottenham's trophy cabinet still a bit dusty yep still a bit dusty um i think they they played better than a lot of people anticipated or manchester city played a lot worse than people anticipated them to do um tottenham were right in it right till the end last 10 minutes still nil nil um i still think it's a weird decision to sack jose six days before they may not have been playing the best football but let's put it into perspective they could have come away with some silverware and they are still in a fight for the top four they're only three points behind us five points behind chelsea now i believe so it's they stood still could sneak into the champions league if results go for them and to get rid of one of the best managers in the world it's just an odd decision yep and they're not going to get nagelsman who is who was tipped to take over he has agreed terms with Bayern munich uh, he's currently at leipzig leipzig have said we want 25 million euros for him um which it will be a world record sky sports germany think there will be a world world record fee for a manager but they don't think it will be 25 million but in terms of transfers it's not really a lot these days is it even for a manager 25 million quid bargain especially if he's gonna win everything with you every year for the next 10 years yeah i we we did we discussed this last week didn't we it was Mm. One of the strangest decisions from um, from a football club. You're in you're in a, a final of a domestic cup. You haven't won a trophy. I think there was a, some sort of countdown timer that I'd seen recently. It was like 13 years since 2008. Yeah, since yep. they last won a trophy, which was the trophy, ironically, that they won. Um, yeah, very bizarre. And I don't know how you can expect for a new manager to come in, get his stamp on the uh on the team to how he wants the team to set up and play to um instill your philosophies for a final it was it was never going to work and i think man city they absolutely bossed the first half yeah spurs did manage to get themselves back into the game and it was from a set piece that they they seemed to be undone by um personally Obviously, this is this is the rivalry coming out in me. That um, I'm I'm glad that they didn't win a trophy because it's it's just another season where we're having an absolute pupper. We do have the potential to walk away with some silverware now. Spurs don't have any chance of yep. walking away with any silverware. We're still we're still in a major, granted a lesser but a major trophy to to come away as champions of europe i'll be very surprised if we do though just based on current form and who we've got out injured and stuff but stranger things would, have happened and, and that's what i was just about to say from from how poorly we played last year to come away with an fa cup how poorly we're playing this year it would be absolutely amazing to come away with the european trophy and just to give another Yep. To, to Tottenham Hotspur, you know what I mean? <laughs> it, it'd, be, it'd be absolutely incredible. But like I said, being being a complete realist, I am. I really see us struggling to get any sort of goals or anything out of the the next two legs in the Europa League. Who who is your who is who is, who is your next leg? I want to say it's um, not Valencia, um, the Spanish club. Have, yes, yeah, yeah, the Spanish it club. Is, well done. Uh, Villarreal. Villarreal. Okay, so it's not going to be the so, easiest game, but you wouldn't expect that at this stage of the competition. No. So we've. It's ironically Unai Emery is um, the manager of Villarreal. Yeah. Um. So he knows he knows the crop of players that we've got. There hasn't really been that many since his his time that he's left. Um. He knows how how we play. Obviously, we'll be keeping tabs on us, and I think it's, it's definitely going to be the toughest, the toughest games that we've had. Well, and we're away in the first leg. There's extra incentive for him to win, isn't there? To give you mm. the two finger salute. Um, yeah, absolutely. My biggest concern for the rest of this season, right, is I think 
West Ham, I think if we can put put on a, a runner form, apparently we've got Cresswell coming back. Um, Dawson's suspension will be over. Balwain's red card will be overturned, hopefully. Masawaku's back fit. And allegedly, Declan Rice could be in contention with his Burnley game. Antonio's still a week or so away. Um, we can finish top four. I, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still quietly confident in the back of my head that we can do this. My only concern is that means Chelsea will finish fifth. But I've also got a horrible feeling if if that happens, they will also win the Champions League, which means we won't qualify anyway. Because they'll take that position, the fourth position as champions. Mm. And that will be the real kick in the teeth if that was to happen. It really would. Um, but more positive. Let's be more positive. We've been fairly negative. Phil Foden. Yep. Yes. Um, I wrote some notes when, when they were playing. Uh, I can't remember who they were playing the other day. I want to say Southampton. I don't think it was. Um, but even in the, the League Cup final, um, amazing skills, amazing passing. The ability to score is unbelievable. His touch is unbelievable. His vision is unbelievable. The tenacity in him, unbelievable. And the one thing that I have noted here, and I will um, I will read it as I've written it. His face pulling is on par with Phil Jones. <laughs> it... it, it, it that is the bit uh, that really makes me enjoy watching his football is you say you do go, oh my God, how did he pull that off? The other day, it was a, it, he, he took the ball down coming from over the top of him, took it down onto his toes like it was a feather, backheeled it through the player's legs and beat him on the turn. And it was like, that is amazing. And then they slowed it in slow motion. The face, oh my God, made it even better. The face, the face made it from a good move to a, a legendary move and for that reason he needs to be starting every game at euros because we need the world or at least europe to see these faces <laughs> so are we up there with that oh mate they are unbel- i will see if i can find some stills for you and i'll send them across there is no doubt and it is is one of the best talents to come out of man city in a, in a very very long time um but also He's, he's going to be one of the big players for England for years to come if he, if he can stay injury-free. Um, mm-hmm. But the faces, if he can keep the faces or even improve the faces to make them even better than what Phil Jones's are, then I might buy a Foden shirt. <laughs> I might have to. Like, <laughs> just walk around like that every time you wear it. Um, Ryan Giggs, been a naughty boy again, allegedly. Allegedly, people, it's not been confirmed, but allegedly is another case now of assault and battery and coercion and all sorts of other horrible things. Um, we know he slept with his brother's missus. So morally, not a very nice man. Didn't really yeah. look, didn't really like him when he was at United, if I'm honest. Neither it was it was one of those, it was like, oh, it's Brian Giggs is still playing, he's about 95. Oh, yeah, it's really, it's really good to see the uh, OAPs actually... Uh, Still in employment, you know, doing well. But you get what's coming to you. You get what's coming to you. Right. Points. Yes. Most important thing to wrap up. Points. Yes. We had, uh, as I said, a bit of a, a faux pas last week. Once again, I do apologise. So for the Arsenal versus Newcastle slash Everton game, okay. um, we should have been. Uh, you had a nil-nil draw. I had a two-two. We obviously lost against Everton one-nil from a, a stupid own goal. Yep. Uh, so there's no points for the two of us. However, um, obviously due to my faux pas, I feel it's unfair to penalise you with no points because had I given you the correct team, you probably would have, or you possibly, I would have had a better chance of predicting a, a, a correct score. So I wouldn't have gone um, with one-nil, but I would have gone with ever, ever win. Yeah, uh, so <laughs> I I feel that it's it's only fair to award you a, a bonus point just because I'm an idiot. Very gracious um, of you. No worries, <laughs> and I think the only reason I've done that is because of my next one. <laughs> you had uh, a four four draw. Uh, I had a two one win to Chelsea. Obviously, the score was one nil, uh, and therefore I get a point and nil to you. So we the scores are. Uh, slightly changed. So we get a point each, which puts our season totals up to 50-47. Um, so it's still all to play for. As you said, we've got five fixtures coming up. So we'll start with the, the next lot of fixtures. 
Um, we do have um, Newcastle versus Arsenal. <laughs> Are we sure? Are we sure? Yes, 100%. Okay, time. that's fine then. <laughs> Go on, take it away. Okay, so for this particular fixture, like I said, we've um, we've been kind of hampered with injuries. On a positive note, actually, I would like to say that Balogun has uh, signed his new contract, new long-term deal with the club. Mm-hmm. Personally, I would see him start this next fixture, rewarding his uh, his contract signing with a... Either a Premier League appearance or a Premier League start, but certainly I would not put Eddie and Katia in. Um, however, seeing how well Newcastle played over the last couple of fixtures, they were very scrappy um, against the uh, against Liverpool. They yeah. managed to um, get the winner against you guys as well, and you guys have been no mugs this season. This is going to be an extremely difficult game for us. So, with our lack of attacking options. Our ever increasing injury list. I'm going to go for a Newcastle two-one win. Oh, a two-one win to Newcastle. Interesting, interesting indeed. Now, for me, Newcastle have been very, very good recent in recent weeks. Um, they're they're fighting for their lives down at the bottom. Um, we've seen Callum Wilson is now coming back to fitness. I think he will start. St. Maximin coming back to fitness. Unbelievable player, but the one player they will miss is the super sub Joe Willock. He's been he's been getting the winners and the equalizers for them. Equally, you've been nothing short of awful, um, especially the last two or three weeks. Before you could go, it depends what Arsenal turns up. They're either going to give you a game or they're going to be awful. Last few weeks you have been awful, uh, and and with the Europa League. I'm assuming that's looming this week or next week. This week. There's going to be some rotate, some rotation into your squad. I, I would imagine going with your league position isn't really going to improve. So let's go strongest team into Europa League. That would make sense to me. Therefore, I don't think you're going to score. And part of you wants to say Newcastle won't. I'm going two nil Newcastle. I, I think they might they might just nip, they'll get an early one and then a real late on one. This is my thinking. Oh, and I think yeah, I can't think of any other result other than that to 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 give you. I want to I want to. Yeah. And it's a shame because I discussed this with you last week. Some of my favourite players to watch don't play for West Ham. Billy Gilmore, Mason Mount for Chelsea. I like watching them play. Saka and Mill Smith Rowe, Martinelli. I like watching them play. And I, I want those players to have really good time. Not when they're playing West Ham, but I, I like to see them play because they entertain me. I want to see them score, but I just can't see them getting anything. No, I, it, I completely agree. I, I think it very strong starts in this particular game. Obviously, we have got Europe coming up, as you said, and it's probably going to be a more rotated squad. And it wouldn't surprise me if we do see more youngsters Um possibly coming in for the for the next few fixtures just based on uh the injury crisis that we're having and all that sort of stuff and like you said putting all our eggs in one basket to get as far as we can in europe but uh yeah it's it's going to be i'm under no illusions it's going to be a tough game and i I do see us getting beaten on that one so we'll see what happens but that moves us on to the next game burnley versus west ham so we see burnley dismantle wolves didn't we really? Um, and usually we see them dismantle the team and then capitulate the next week, which I'm hoping will happen. As I mentioned just a minute ago, Presswell should be back uh, from injury. Masuaku should be back from injury. Dawson is back from his suspension. Balmainer's red card will most likely be overturned. And Declan Rice may be fit. Um, if I'm honest, if Declan Rice comes back and they say he's 85% fit, 95% fit, rest him. Don't play him, not until he's 100% fit. Because if he's then out, if he misses one more game, two more games, and he's fit for the last three, I'm happy. If he comes back and then gets injured for the next four, I'm going to be very unhappy. So we have got the potential. We gave Chelsea a very good game, I feel. Uh, And I feel some of our players going forward, Lingard, really good, although he looks like he's carrying some sort of injury, which is unfortunate. Bowens look good. Ben Rama. Uh, I really want to see him succeed, but he's he's 
not being played enough, I don't think. Same as what we saw with Bowen to start off with. Um, I want to see a really attacking lineup here. I want to see us go at Burnley, um, playing ticky tacker skill, fast passing football. I don't want to see us lumping the ball up because we're both good in the air, and I think they probably will will nick it if that's the case. I'm going to go three one to West Ham, and away win three one, and we're going to see West Ham pushing Chelsea all the way. Okay, I'm literally just basing this off on Burley's recent performance. Um, it hasn't been a team that you have seen really dismantle a team like that fairly um, at all, especially this season. Um, they could be hitting a bit of form right at the right time of the season, just when obviously points are crucial. So I think based on their recent game and I think possibly that might have had a bit of a knock on your confidence coming into the last set of fixtures I have gone for a 2-2 two -two draw this two -two one 2-2 draw fair it's fair Burnley are now safe that that was my that was my thinking behind it is they're safe they've got nothing to play for is it a holiday mode now I don't think Sean Dyche will let that creep in but safe off of a big victory actually let's, let's all have a party Mm -hmm. bit like Jamie Vardy not having a pint this year um, I have nothing else to add so therefore I'm going to pass over to you for any more information and then to sign us off if you've got nothing yeah. the only thing I will say is uh, congratulations to my boy Thierry Henry um, for being inducted into the Premier League Hall of Fame mm -hmm. we have also seen Alan Shearer inducted into the Hall of Fame as well and I think both very very strong candidates and um, very rightly so, to be uh, in inaugurated into the Hall of Fame. Yep. Both outstanding players, both players I massively admire. Uh, so congratulations to both of them. And I think I think as as we find out a bit more information about that, we will uh, obviously do a video on it and potentially some nominees for upcoming entry to it. Walks Gavin Pedersen. I said it earlier. I'm not going to drop it. Some people know that is. Other people won't. But go on. Sign us out, Mike. Okay. So, yes, uh, we hope you have enjoyed. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you have enjoyed it, or even if you haven't, please hit that like and subscribe button. <laughs> uh, stay tuned for future content. Obviously, we do have our preview videos going out on a weekly basis as well. And you never know, sometimes we might get them right. <laughs> uh, so until next week i've been mike i've been ian thanks very much for watching